This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and December 31st, please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift. Click Donate at either DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue our podcast for those on the discerning journey. Thank you and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Susan Conroy, who, in the summer of 1986, at the age of 21, journeyed to Calcutta alone to help the missionaries of charity. She developed a personal friendship with Mother Teresa that lasted throughout the course of 11 years. Susan is the author of nine books, including the best-selling Mother Teresa's Lessons of Love and Secrets of Sanctity. She has also been the host of Speaking of Saints, a 13-part miniseries seen on EWTN. With Susan Conroy, we go inside the pages of Praying with Mother Teresa, Prayers, Insights, and Wisdom of St. Teresa of Calcutta, published by Marion Press. Susan, thank you so much for joining me. I'm thrilled to be with you, Chris. Thank you. Talk to us about your experience with Mother Teresa. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I could write a book about it. <laughs> There's you so did. much to share, uh, and it's so exciting. Um, I actually have published two books about Mother Teresa. I've published 10 books in all, but two of them about Mother Teresa. Um, and, you know, there's so many places to go when you ask a question like that. Like some people want to know what was she like? What was Calcutta like? Or how did you even dream of going to India? Like, because that's not usually a normal dream people have to go work in a home for the dying with a living saint. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, there are many directions to go in, but let me start with what Mother Teresa was like, because let's, we'll cut right to the chase. We'll, We'll cut right to what was the saint like? What was it like to be in her presence? And I would say for starters, To actually be standing there with Mother Teresa or to be kneeling beside her in the chapel at Holy Mass or kneeling beside her during a holy hour of adoration or conversing with her or just watching her in the home for the dying as she was shining her love on others. My first reaction was heavenly joy. I mean, joy, the joy. We were filled with joy. And I shared in my first book, which is called Mother Teresa's Lessons of Love and Secrets of Sanctity, that Mm -hmm. being in Mother Teresa's presence was like receiving a spiritual injection. Mm -hmm. We were filled with joy and filled with peace and filled with love. And, And after being with Mother Teresa, we could go out into the worst slums of India, face the worst human misery, and we couldn't hold back the joy. We were spilling our love and our smiles onto every person we met. And that was gorgeous to experience. That was beautiful to experience. And I ponder that, like, what was happening? How was that possible to be filled with joy when you're walking through a place that's like hell on earth with misery and destitution and suffering and death and disease? Like, how do you keep smiling? And I ponder this a lot. I, I, you know, Mother Teresa is um, canonized a saint by Pope Francis, and I ponder what is a saint, and it's an important thing for all of us to ponder, because every single one of us who are listening to this interview, who are mm-hmm. participating in this interview, we are called to be saints. It's this universal call to holiness. So it's this is relevant to all of us. What is a saint? And 
And I love to ponder that. A saint is someone filled with the fullness of God. A saint is someone who's brought to the fullness of charity, someone who's led by God. A saint is a friend of God, someone filled with the Holy Spirit. And that now explains why we were filled with joy when we were in the presence of saintly Mother Teresa of Calcutta, because she was so filled with God, so filled with charity, so overflowing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is contagious. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is very contagious, you know, to be with, in the presence of someone who's overflowing with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, that Spirit comes into you. St. Teresa of Avila said, in the presence of the saints, we will become saints, you know, that people rub off on us, for better mm-hmm. or for worse, you know, that who we spend our time with, who we keep company with, you know, we become more like them. They rub off on us. And uh, and so when we were with her, like I said, we could then go forth to the home for the dying, to the orphanages, to visit lepers, and we were filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, filled with, like I said, joy, peace, love. And uh, I remember uh, there were young people from all different countries around the world that came to Calcutta to help Mother Teresa serve the poorest of the poor. We were all brought together with the same simple purpose of love and serve. And uh, so it was like the family of mankind, young people from all different countries. And there was a young man, Paul, from Sweden that I worked alongside of during my time, my first summer in India. And uh, I remember Paul and I visited with Mother Teresa one day, and then we went off uh, through the streets of Calcutta to the home for the dying to serve the sick and dying destitutes in that Mother Teresa's shelter there. And um, Paul looked over at me as we were traveling through the city of Calcutta, and he said, Susan, you're shining again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was because of being with a saint, because we were, being, we were with Mother Teresa, and then mm-hmm. we start shining. And uh, so it was really an extraordinary experience of, of, like I said, the joy of being in her presence. The other thing that I always like to highlight when people say, what was Mother Teresa like? What was it like? I was shocked when I first met her and started having a conversation with her. My very first day with Mother Teresa at her house, at the Mother House in Calcutta. We had been at Mass that morning. I was kneeling right beside her during Holy Mass. And after Mass ended, the sisters stay in the chapel to say extra prayers of Thanksgiving and extra prayers after receiving Holy Communion and after Mass has ended. And then Mother Teresa stepped outside the chapel onto the balcony on the second floor of the Mother House. And I was with her that very first day, listening to her speak and watching her. And I was struck by her profound humility. I couldn't believe how humble she was. And I think it's kind of funny now looking back and saying, Susan, why were you so shocked by that? And I think the reason why I was stunned by this beautiful, profound humility is because I knew at the time I met her that she was a living saint. She was world famous. She was a celebrity. She was mm-hmm. world famous when I met her. I first met her in 1986, and uh, she had already won the Nobel Peace Prize. She had already won all the top awards and honors from all different kings and queens and princes and popes and presidents all over the world. So she was already world famous. And I just, as a young woman, I was just Uh, turned 21 years old when I first met Mother Teresa. And I guess I never imagined that a famous person would be a humble person. I Mm -hmm. I never equated fame and humility. You know, you think of all the most famous people in the world today, like, you know, presidents or movie stars or, or athletes, professional athletes. And usually the most famous people aren't the most humble people, you know, just humanly speaking. And so Mm -hmm. I was just so surprised. She was so humble as if she was totally unaware of her fame. And I almost, at times during that first summer in India, I felt like tapping her on the shoulder and saying, don't you realize how important you are? <laughs> like, don't you realize how significant you are? She seemed completely unaware of herself and, and of, of, um, 
how well-known she is. It was gorgeous to behold. And I, during that first summer in India, as I witnessed this gorgeous, profound humility, it was like I was seeing humility for the first time in my life, genuine humility for the first time in my life. She was as humble as the poor and dying people whom we lifted out of the gutters of Calcutta. They were humble. They had hit rock bottom in life. They were deeply humble. We would lift them up and bring them to the home for the dying and bathe them and feed them and serve them. They were weak and helpless. Very humble. Mother Teresa was that degree of humility, that deep humility. And uh, and it, it occurred to me as I was witnessing her during that first summer in India, it just was clear as day in my mind and heart, humility is a sign of true greatness. Humility is a sign of true greatness. And humility is one of those rare pearls, those rare virtues that make us most Christ-like. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, said to us clearly what his own heart is like. He said, learn from me from gentle and humble of heart. You know, he described his own heart to us, and saints follow Jesus. All of us listening, we're to follow Jesus, you know, and mm-hmm. he's gentle, he's humble, he said so. And, and so saints who truly are one with Christ and who are filled with the Spirit of Christ have this beautiful, beautiful humility. And that was one of the most shocking things to me when I interacted with Mother Teresa, because Again, she was famous, but wow, was she beautifully humble like Jesus. And uh, it's just an honor to be in her presence and serve with her and pray with her and speak with her uh, and hold her hand. Well, how beautiful. I mean, it, it's a real lesson, isn't it, about the difference between the a pride and humility? Right. Because those who are proud, they don't have any problem letting you know. <laughs> of their accomplishment, even if they say, well, I'm humble, as opposed to what true humility is, is you, it's shown, it's lived out. Right. It's right. never the, the person who may say, well, I'm being humble today. Well, then you're, it's not uh, really humility, right. is it? Right. You know, the, um, St. Teresa of Avila used to say, and again, I love these Teresas. I love the <laughs> little flower St. Therese and St. Teresa of Avila and Mother Teresa. These, we have some great St. Teresas in our church. And um, St. Teresa of Avila used to say that humility uh, is is nothing but truth, you know. And, mm-hmm. and what that means is, and Teresa of Avila taught this very much to her sisters, her Carmelite sisters, the importance, the vital importance in the spiritual life of knowing thyself and knowing God. Know who God is and know who you are, meaning he is God and you are not, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he's almighty, you are not, you know, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, all-pure, we aren't. He's creator, we are creature. And once you get that basic relationship in place, then you know your place. And then humility is is nothing but truth. You You know God and you know where you stand or where you kneel <laughs> mm-hmm. before him and serve him and love him and worship him. And, and um, so it's very, very basic. So knowing God, but also knowing yourself. So it, it cultivates humility when you truly know yourself. St. Teresa of Abel used to say self-knowledge puts us on our knees. And Mother Teresa did know herself. She knew her own weaknesses. You know, um, she knew her own struggles. And that helps cultivate a deeply humble heart. And she used to, Mother Teresa used to refer to herself as nothing but a little pencil in the hand of God. And I always was touched by that because um, she wasn't even a ballpoint pen. <laughs> mm-hmm. She wasn't mm-hmm. even fancy. I mean, a pencil is more humble instrument, you know, than a pen, a lovely pen. Uh, but so not only was she a pencil, but she also sometimes referred to herself as a broken pencil in the hand of God. But so if you like the story of her life, if you like the way her her life unfolded, you don't thank the pencil. 
for, mm-hmm. for the story. Like they say, the saying goes, beauty lies in the touch of the master's hand. And God can even use the most humble pencil. God can use a broken paintbrush, an old paintbrush, and paint a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And paint something gorgeous and beautiful because God is doing it. God is writing the story. God is painting the masterpiece. And so when you just leave yourself in the hands of God, keep stay in his arms, stay in his loving arms. Let him do it. Let him write the story of your life. You know, do his will. Mother Teresa used to say, if we only let him do it, you know, basically meaning let God have his way with you. Surrender to his holy will. And she said, if we only let Jesus do it, he does it in a beautiful way. You know, so that, that beautiful surrender to God's will, no matter what kind of instrument you are, whether you're a, a ballpoint pen or a humble pencil, whether you're broken, whether you're not broken, you know, whether you're little, whether you're great, if you're in the hand of God, wow, <laughs> he can do mm-hmm. beautiful things. And, and I, always, I always thought that was very helpful um, to understanding that dynamic between us and our Lord God, you know, that, that even if he uses you to do great things in this world— we don't take credit any more than a pencil takes the credit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I just like understanding that we're just his instruments. We're his little children. He may have his way with us. Let us be guided by God. Let us be led by him. Let us be carried by him and let him do beautiful things with our lives, you know, and, uh, and then you can say with the blessed mother Mary, you know, I'm the handmaid of the Lord, and, but he was mighty has done great things for me and holy mm-hmm. is his name. You know, she was just a humble handmaid of the Lord, doing the Lord's bidding, serving the Lord with gladness, with joy, with humility. But wow, we look at her story, Blessed Mother Mary's story. Look what the Lord did with her. And even she who is humble, his humble handmaid had to exclaim, wow, he's done great things for me and holy is his name. So I think, you know, if we could follow our Blessed Mother and follow Mother Teresa's lesson and be the Lord's true children, and be at his disposal, and let him have his way with us, then we can say with our Heavenly Mother, the Lord has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Well, Susan, I, you know, I just thank you, and I just praise the work that God is doing through you and your yes, and particularly to be that wonderful, how do I want to say it, it's almost like a glass to let all this wisdom pass through you to all of us. In your book, Praying with Mother Teresa, Prayers, Mm -hmm. Insights, and Wisdom of St. Teresa of Calcutta, we can pretty much say that now, praise God, St. Teresa of Calcutta. But in this book, I think this is exactly the type of book, if I may be presumptuous to say, that Mother would want to have out too. And there have been beautiful biographies. There have been a lot of Mm -hmm. people who have Mm -hmm. shared their experiences with her. Mm -hmm. But at the core her mission was to help you to encounter Jesus. And you do Amen. that primarily through your prayer. But then once you've received that prayer, how do you respond? Are you like the handmaid that goes in haste, you yeah. know, to, to do whatever he tells you to do. And I think yeah. you've given us portals and beautiful ways to be able to engage, to learn and to, to seek that out. So thank you to you and to Mary and press for, uh, for bringing this book forward right now. 
Yeah, thank you. That's very kind of you. You know, I, I that is a very precious book in the sense that it's filled with Mother Teresa's own prayers that she prayed every day and that the missionaries of charity pray every day. And as a friend of mine said, and I wrote this in the beginning pages of the book, a friend of mine said, if those prayers were good enough for Mother Teresa, they're a hundred times better for me and more important for me to be praying these prayers. And and that gentleman who said that and started praying these prayers, he's a Catholic priest now. Mm. <laughs> he became a Catholic priest. He's giving his life. He's pouring out his heart to, for God and his people, to serve God and his people as a Catholic priest. And so, and also Mother Teresa herself gave me permission to share these prayers. And she said, she said to share them with others, to give them peace and joy too. So this book, Praying with Mother Teresa, I feel she's smiling on each one who receives it. And I, I will ask, I, I am asking Mother Teresa to bless each person who receives a copy of that book, that they will feel Mother Teresa praying for them and with them and leading them closer to Christ, because that is leading each soul closer to eternal happiness and to salvation. Jesus is heaven. And uh, so this book, may it bring every single reader closer to Christ, closer to heaven. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, Hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, 
provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Amen. We now return to Inside the Pages. The, the true mission, wasn't that really her mission? Yes, to help the poorest of the poor, but but aren't really in some ways, Susan, all of us the poorest of the poor? Oh, we are. Mother Teresa herself used to say that we're all poor in some way or another. We're all handicapped in some way or another, you know, and, and uh, that's so true. And I love the concept, too, the reality, the, the real concept saying that we were all weak and helpless once, and we will all be weak and helpless again. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was born, my mom had to do everything for me. (laughs) had to carry me, feed me, dress me, everything. And and when I am infirm and and near the end of my life, I will be weak and helpless again. And so, you know, it is beautiful to realize we all have this mission of love. And while we can, while we have hands to serve and a heart to love, let's do it. Let's fulfill our mission. That's what Mother Teresa welcomed anyone with hands to serve and a heart to love to join her in her work for the poor, the sick, and dying, including those in our own family and in our own home. But you said something, uh, you said many things that are beautiful. Um, you, Mother Teresa uh, would want us, first of all, Mother Teresa used to tell her own sisters that her primary vocation, the primary vocation of the missionaries of charity, was not to serve the poorest of the poor. That was not their primary vocation. Their primary vocation was to belong to Jesus Christ. Mm. Absolutely. First primary vocation is to belong to our Lord, to cling to Christ, to belong to God. Their secondary vocation to to express that union with God, union with Christ, was then to go forth and serve the poorest of the poor. That was secondary. And when I heard Mother Teresa say that, I was like, that's so beautiful, because that's exactly all of our primary vocation. It's your vocation, Chris. It's my vocation. It's mm-hmm. the vocation of every single listener. Our primary vocation is to belong to God, to be one with Him, have a close, relate, loving relationship with God, you know, to belong to Jesus Christ. And then we all have a special mission, a unique mission secondary to that. But, but our primary mission, our primary goal is to be one with Him, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And then also to love others in our unique way, in our special way, according to our own personal ministry or mission, whether it's a hus- as a husband and father, a wife and mother, a nurse, a teacher, whatever your ministry is, um, but to go forth and love and serve. But, you know, it's, we're all on a mission of love. And, and it was a real luxury for me when I was in Calcutta, uh, my different volunteer trips, I would wake up every morning and I realized what a luxury to have my only purpose to love. Every day I wake up, I'm here to love. Mm -hmm. I go forth on the streets of Calcutta to the orphanages, to the home for the dying, to visit the lepers, to the people on the streets. Love, love, love. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. That's my only purpose. And then I realize, Susan, even when you go home to the United States of America, don't you ever forget you have the same simple purpose. Mm -hmm. And all of us listening here today, we have the same purpose and we should wake up every single morning saying, I'm on a mission of love. I'm on a mission of love. God first. You shall love the Lord your God with all you've got, with every fiber of your being, and then go forth every day, love, love, love. And I I used to love how Mother Teresa used to say, be kind and merciful. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. And I was just thinking of that today. What a beautiful way to go about every day. Let no one ever come to you without leaving better and happier. Every interaction you have, you know, 
let them leave feeling cared about, feeling loved, being inspired, feeling helped, feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a beautiful way to live, you know, as Mother Teresa taught us. And the other thing I'd love to share is the little flower, Mother Teresa's namesake is Mm -hmm. St. Therese of Lisieux. When Mother Teresa was 18 years old, she entered the religious life and she had to choose a new name based on a saint. And she chose Teresa. That's why she's Mother Teresa today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people used to ask her, which Teresa did you choose that name from? Which saint? The great St. Teresa of Avila or the little St. Therese of Lisieux? And Mother Teresa would always smile and say, the little one. (laughs) And uh, Mm -hmm. so Mother Teresa was profoundly inspired by St. Therese of Lisieux. Well, the little flower said these words about the Blessed Virgin Mary. She said she prefers imitation to admiration, you know, Mm. because Blessed Mother doesn't want us to put her up on a pedestal and just admire our Blessed Mother Mary. Blessed Mother wants us to imitate Blessed Mother Mary's virtues, her humility, her love, her charity, her purity, her love of God and obedience to God. And So Blessed Mother wants us to follow in her footsteps and do what she did and be as she is, to really be imbued with the spirit of Mary, you know, Mm -hmm. all of her gorgeous virtues and graces. And so again, that line is, she prefers imitation to admiration. And I feel we can say that about Mother Teresa too. Don't just admire Mother Teresa. Follow, follow our footsteps of love. Love everybody every single day, starting in your own home, starting in your own family. Do you know of anybody depressed? Do you know of anybody lonely? Do you know of anybody who's just been diagnosed with cancer? Find them, love them, put your love for them into living action. Become a channel of God's peace right where you are in the world. That's exactly what Mother Teresa said. Find them, love them, put your love for them into living action. You know, stay where you are. Find your own Calcutta, she said. You know, find the sick, the suffering, the lonely, the poor, right in your own community. Calcutta is in your own backyard. Calcutta is in your own backyard. And if you have eyes that see, you can find people lonely and suffering in your own family, in your own family. And Mother Teresa used to always say, love begins at home, family first. Love begins at home. Look around in your own family first, then in your neighborhood, in your church community, your parish community. But but start right where you are. Blossom where God has planted you. And I just love that. I love that. Well, Susan, do you do you think it's hard, particularly in our culture? In and I I don't want to just make it seem like you know in the United States, but I mean in in more maybe the first world countries that the those when we look around, the ones who need the most love are the ones that are filled with the most fear, or even sometimes the most anger. Or the most, as as opposed to those who may be experiencing physical illnesses, that yes, there are those, but it's harder for us to in our own homes to experience those who are are suffering because of uh, such heavy, heavy um, experiences of their own lives. Am I making any sense on that? Yes, you are. And Mother Teresa deeply understood what you're saying as well. And she used to say, it's easier to give a cup of rice to someone who's hungry in India than it is to be patient and kind and charitable to someone in your own home. Mm -hmm. She understood that that dynamic that sometimes it's harder to be patient and charitable and kind and merciful to someone you live with in Mm -hmm. your own family than it is to just go and serve the poor in India, you know, in the home for the dying, for example. And, and, um, But, you know, it reminds me of something my grandmother used to say when I was a little girl that sent shivers down my spine. My grandmother used to say, you're no greater than you are within the four walls of your own home. Mm. Wow. You know, it's easy to go to church and be kind to the people in the pew beside you. It's easy to go to work each day and be polite and courteous to the people in the office next to you and your coworkers and and, or to stand in the grocery store line and, and be charitable and let someone go ahead of you. That's easy. 
But once you step through your own kitchen doors and you're in your own home, that's when you let down your guard Mm -hmm. and that's when you show your true colors. And if you want to know what I tell people, and I believe it, if you want to know how you stand before God, how your soul appears before God, am I doing okay, you know, and uh, how, how am I doing, Lord? Look at how you treat your own family when no one else is watching. When you're in the privacy of your own home, again, that's when you let down your guard, and that's when you show your true colors. And sometimes, sadly, we give our own loved ones at home our most grumpy behavior, our worst complaints, our, you know, we don't smile at them as we do to people at church or at mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we give our, our most loved family members our worst behavior. And I just think, again, love begins at home. And if you can start being more kind, loving, and gentle to your own loved ones at home, being more patient with your spouse or more more forgiving of your children, that's heroic holiness now. That's where it's hard. That's where it's hardest at home with your own family. And that's where it has to begin. That God is watching God is watching you within the four walls of your own home. And, and that's where we have to work on ourselves. And, and um, you know, and sometimes, you know, if you have someone in your family who comes to you to vent, and it's all negative or it's whatever, it's difficult, you know, and you can listen and be there for that person, even though it's painful for you to listen, you mm-hmm, know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or, or you just want it to end. It's a you suffering. You know, that's a holy hour. That's isn't a holy it, hour. It, isn't that a suffering in a very real way? That is our own suffering that we can offer up. Bingo. I had an experience recently where I was with a loved one who, you know, it was going on and on, and it was not easy to endure. And I thought, you know, Lord, I love this person. This is a family member in front of me. that, that uh, And I'm offering up what I'm enduring right now. For that family member. I love that person. That's someone in my family. And even though I'd rather be someone else right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to offer this up and be patient. I'm going to be patient. Be patient. You know, don't ever forget. I always feel I need to remind myself. I feel that St. Paul wrote the book of love. You know, people mm-hmm. know First Corinthians 13 that a lot of people had it at their own weddings. St. Paul in sacred scripture wrote to us what love is. And he started his adjectives and definition of love by saying, love is patient, love is kind. And so when somebody is pushing your buttons or or churning you up inside or testing your patience or aggravating you, including in your own family, bridle your tongue. Don't, Don't blow up. Don't get angry. Don't become impatient. But tell yourself, love is patient, love is patient, love is patient, love is patient, love is kind, and practice it. And look at those opportunities as a golden opportunity to practice true love towards that person where it's difficult to practice love. Because, again, now you're practicing heroic charity. Now it's heroic love when it's not easy, when it's, like like I said, with, you know, someone in your own home. Again, remind yourself during those difficult moments, love is patient, and then practice it. As they say, practice makes perfect. And look at these opportunities not as painful crucifixions for yourself, but, but as golden opportunities to practice the most sublime virtues the most beautiful virtues. God is love. And we are each of us to be brought to the fullness of charity, be brought to the fullness of love. And we get there by practicing it. Let it flow. But see these, change your mindset, change your attitude towards these experiences. Look at them as golden opportunities to practice true charity, true love, patience, kindness, you know, instead of, you know, torment. (laughs) Right. Well, and the, you know, I just have to say, Susan, uh, uh, just on a personal note, I've had the opportunity, and it's been a, a, a great blessing to talk to many people that have uh, attempted to 
share with us their experiences with Mother Teresa or to tell us about her life, of the way she would instruct her sisters. Mm-hmm. But there, it's very rare that you can find people who are great communicators. And I mean in the deepest sense, out of that sense of communion. That's mm-hmm. what I think Mark's a great communicator. Someone who has actually experienced it. You see it, you know, they take it into their heart and then they give it out. And it touches those who are listening in mm-hmm. such a way that it's not even so much that person anymore that you're hearing, but you're hearing a truth <laughs> that's so profound that it's, you're hearing Christ. And in a very real way, what you've done, even in this, this short amount of time, I hear that coming from you. You are a great communicator of that communion. And that was passed on to you, and it, 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 was, it was communicated to you. And now you are, in a very beautiful way, communicating it to all of us. And so, Susan Conroy, I just thank you so very much. You're so kind, Chris. I really appreciate you, and I appreciate this chance to share someone we all love, Mother Teresa. And I'll just say, in light of what you just shared um, about that communion and taking an experience into your heart or a person into your heart, is keep in mind, I met Mother Teresa when I was 21 years old. That's when it started, this 11-year friendship with Mother Teresa. And when you're 21 years old, you're very sensitive and open-hearted, and boy, oh boy, I so took her to my heart, and I listened to everything she said, and I watched her, you know, as a 21-year-old would to someone that 20-year-old loves and admires so much. So she very much, she has. She's dramatically changed the whole course of my life. And um, But that's beautifully worded, what you just said, about um, that, that, that it, communication relates to something that, you know, it, a communion, a union mm-hmm. with someone you've taken into your heart or an experience that you've really... Uh, embraced and owned and grown from. Well, what she gave you in a very real way, she gave you Christ. And then you took that, and now you're doing that with us. And particularly with this book, Praying with Mother Teresa, Prayers, Insight, and Wisdom of St. Teresa of Calcutta, because in it you you give us the tools to help experience communion, as opposed to just Mm -hmm. telling a good story. Right. And that's the whole goal. That's what Mother Teresa would want, because she used to say, I I so want to give what I have, and that's Jesus, the love of her life, the light of her life and the love of her life. And she longed to be able to give Christ to others. That was her, you know, belonging to Christ and letting his light shine. You know, he himself said to her, come be my light, you know, come be my light. And I feel like that's what Jesus says to each one of us. Please come be my light in this world. And that's what I say to Jesus, actually, especially as I'm about to receive Christ in Holy Communion, the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. I say to him what he said to her and to us, please, Jesus, come be my light. May it be Christ shining through us. You know, we get to hug him every day if we want (laughs) in Holy Communion, Mm -hmm. as the saints say. When you receive the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ in Holy Communion, his precious blood is flowing through your veins. His flesh is blending with yours. Like, that is a communion. That's a union. And and so Mother Teresa really taught me, you know, wow, Holy Communion, Holy Mass. I mean, that's one of the greatest ways that this experience was life-changing. Holy, it, it, holy, holy. Amen, amen. <laughs> so I hope this book, Praying with Mother Teresa, does exactly what you say. It gives everybody Jesus. And it gives everyone a deeper union with Christ because that's our destiny. That's mm-hmm. our destiny. You know, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. There's no other name by which we are to be saved than Jesus Christ. And this book, Praying with Mother Teresa, 
please, God, and his blessed mother will help everybody embrace him and love him and walk closely with him and become a saint and be everlastingly happy with him. So as my brother said, my oldest brother, I asked him once, David, what do you want the most? And I never forgot what he said, and this was years ago. He said, may we serve God well and greet each other in heaven. Amen. Amen. That kind of summarizes it, you know. So may people take this book to heart, Praying with Mother Teresa, live it, put it into living action, pray, draw closer to Christ, and then let us serve God well and greet each other in heaven. Amen. Any final thoughts, Susan? Just everything we've shared, love. Just our goal is love. The way to heaven is love. As St. Augustine said, we go to God not by walking, but by loving. And that's what Mother Teresa was all about. She was called the woman who loved the world. And and we're all on a mission of love, like I said. And so let us wake up every day and, and throughout each day and just be loving. Be more kind, loving, and gentle throughout the day. Be more like Christ. It's our mission. It's our it's our destiny. It's our happiness. And uh, so we'll all pray for each other. <laughs> Amen. Again, a lot of amens in this conversation. Amen. How beautiful. Amen. All right, well, Susan Conroy, thank you so very much. Thank you. God bless you, Chris. Take care. With Susan Conroy, we've gone inside the pages of Praying with Mother Teresa, Prayers, Insights, and Wisdom of St. Teresa of Calcutta. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to shopmercy.org, the website for its publisher, Marion Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion, along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors.